You are listening to the Don't Fret Club podcast. I'm Jess Hope and I've been a music journalist for over a decade. For the last four years, I've been chatting to musicians specifically about mental health. All of my conversations are documented on this very podcast. I've learned a lot and have shared some incredibly insightful chats with some very wise people. I'd also like to thank Amex for their support in making this season possible. Now, it's been a little while between podcasts and the world is in a very different place since I last posted. I don't think anyone expected to be discussing the issue of a global pandemic and how that may impact our lives, our work and most definitely our mental health. I hope you're staying safe and staying in touch with friends and family the best way you can. It's an extremely difficult and uncertain time, so a reminder that Lifeline Australia is 13 11 14. There are loads of other resources and organisations that I definitely recommend you check out. If you need support or someone you know needs support, they are Beyond Blue, Headspace, Mind, Changing Minds and the National Alliance of Mental Illness. I try and share as many as I can over on Don't Fret Club socials, in particular Instagram, but please do tag me if you know of resources that maybe you find helpful um, and others could benefit from. Now, the music industry in particular has been hit extremely hard by COVID-19. So whether you're a music fan, a musician, maybe you work at a venue or you tour for a living, however music plays any role in your life, do hang in there and don't feel that you're alone in this. I do hope these podcasts can provide some comfort at this strange time. I have a bit of a backlog of interviews, which I suppose is actually a good thing right now. So I'm going to be doing my absolute best to be uploading more regularly. So I really appreciate you listening um, and sharing them wherever you can. So in this episode, I'm sharing a short but super insightful chat with two very well-known musicians, Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 and Alex Gasgarth of All Time Low. Our chat was recorded back at Good Things Festival 2019, where they performed together as Simple Creatures. And as Simple Creatures, Mark and Alex have released two EPs so far, the latest of which was Everything Opposite, which they released last October. Um, A big thanks to them and the team and everyone who made this chat happen. We touch on things like friendship, songwriting and generally mental health in the music industry so I hope you find it of some help. Let me know what you think, Um, otherwise sit back and enjoy. Obviously both of you have had success in your individual bands and in various projects So tell me what is the driving force of Simple Creatures? Why do you exist and how did it come about? Uh, It came about, I got off a tour and I had some extra time and wanted to do something different and not for Blink. And I was going to do an album with a bunch of my friends and Alex was the first person that I called. We got in a studio and started writing songs and everything just clicked and I never called anybody else. Nice. (laughs) Do you find doing side projects helps you creativity, like creatively and like kind of outside of that? Yes. Uh, I mean, I think this project stemmed from the desire to do something different and outside of our wheelhouse a little bit. Um, I know for me personally, I was kind of longing to dive into a different genre or like experiment with sounds that maybe my other band couldn't pull off in the same way or wouldn't be accepted in the same way because of how long of a track record we have doing a certain thing. Um, so it was it was really kind of cathartic for me creatively to be able to step into this and 
um, experiment in mm. like sort of a wide open playing field. How have you found throughout your careers that kind of listening to opinion, but maybe putting it to the side and not letting it steer what you actually do, like in that way? I find that I do my best work when I just put my head down and do what I think is right. And both in Blink and in Simple Creatures. Yeah, you can't second guess what people think you should do or what people expect of you. You have to follow your own instincts. And you've, in specifically on the topic of mental health, you have spoke about it before, and you partnered with I'm Listening uh, on Adam's song mm-hmm. to kind of promote that. Yes. What is the kind of, why that song in particular? Adam's song I wrote uh, at a bad point in my life, and I was depressed on tour, and I was depressed when I got home from tour, and so I kind of just wrote from the heart, uh, from a uh, bad place, and it was a song that resonated, and lots of people have said that it, affected them or got them through a a difficult time or spoke to them. So I feel very honored when that happens. How do you feel like the conversation around mental health in the music industry has changed throughout the time you've been in bands? I think probably in recent memory, there's been a drastic shift. I think the stigma is starting to be lifted and um, the conversation has broadened and it's become extremely acceptable to discuss uh, mental health on a much wider scale um and i think that's really good because you know i think music for a lot of people is um a place of safety and a place that uh they can go to sort of find comfort and find an escape from whatever may be going on uh you know in their heads or in their hearts or or whatever it may be and um i think that now that the conversation has kind of opened up and people are able to uh sort of have that conversation without sort of feeling the maybe pressure or guilt to not say something or to Mm -hmm. not speak out. Um, I think you're seeing a lot more uh, interconnectedness, interconnectivity between bands and fans. Mm. Um, And I think that's a really special and unique thing because I don't really recall a time when that ever happened where you had sort of people listening to music and speaking directly with the people making that music Mm. um, about how how it helps the artists and how it helps the people listening to their music. Is creating music something that you turn to, to kind of, is it an escapism thing or for you guys? I don't know that it's escapism so much as it is a a way to vent maybe, Mm. a way to process thoughts and feelings. Um, The thing I love the most about music and writing music is that it's it's translating raw emotion and feeling into something tangible. And so I think whether it's lyrical or whether it's just getting a feeling out into something that sounds like that feeling, um, it is... uh, there's nothing more kind of direct you know it's sort of like screaming into a wall Mm. and but in a way that you know can be then shared and and, um you know spread around and propagated for other people which is awesome and your process as simple creatures is it music first lyrics first always always music first in everything because i think that the music of a song kind of informs what the lyrics are supposed to be about do you listen to that music then when you write the lyrics or is it kind of in yes. your head when you go? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, I think sometimes like we'll come to the table with an idea, a lyrical idea or a concept or some kind of loose thing that's been scribbled down, just a thought that, you know, a, a waking dream or something that's been like written down in my phone or something like that. But yeah, usually you need like a music bed to, to really develop uh, a lyric or an idea into something more tangible. Mm-hmm. And your friendship is what essentially brought this project together. I thought you were going to leave it there. And your <laughs> friendship is what? Yeah. <laughs> Divine friendship. Yeah. Um, uh, how important is it to surround yourself with people that 
you get along with and you trust and can... I mean, I think Usually. it's... Yeah, I think it's massively important. I mean, Mark reached out to me to, to kind of dive into this project and explore what it was going to become, and neither of us had any idea that it was going to turn into this and mm -hmm. that it, it was going to, you know, develop and develop and that we'd be in Australia two years later playing this festival, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool to see all the ways that it's taken shape uh, and it's still taking shape. And it's, I think it's made me and Mark closer as friends. And, um, you know, so from every angle, it's, it's kind of cool and fun to continue to explore. And what makes you want to keep touring? Like, what do you love about touring? Because obviously there are downsides. You're away from home and, you know, it's a like stressful routine. But what are the things that keep you wanting to do it? Um, I love touring just for the shows. You know, touring is very, we're blessed to get to tour comfortably. We're blessed that people come to the shows. We're blessed to tour awesome cities today. And yesterday I went to art museums and walked around and had great food and coffee and it was awesome. Uh, but a lot of touring is waiting in hotel rooms, time by yourself, travel. Um, so it can, it can get depressing. This morning I woke up and my family was decorating our Christmas tree back in California. So I, mm. I missed that whole thing. Uh, so it's really all for the shows. And that moment when you walk on stage and people are singing songs back to you that you wrote in your car, basically, or, you know, you had a thought and an idea one day and went to the studio and wrote an idea around, the, around this lyric or around this chord progression or this keyboard line and people sing something back to you. It's amazing. So it's all for the show. Yeah, amazing. And um, I did want to talk to you about humour. And obviously, I feel like it's a big part of both of your shows, separately and kind of together. How is humour something you've always found just connected to music? No, not at all. No, I wouldn't say the humour stems from the music. I, I, my, I would say that humour for me is, is like armour. Mm. I mean, I've always kind of treated uh, life and approaching it with a sense of humour to be one of the best ways to deal with some of life's not-so-fun aspects. It's called a defense mechanism. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that, I think that's where it comes from. And then, you know, Mark's also just a funny, witty dude, so I think it... you got to let people know about it. Share it with the world. I do. <laughs> my, the humor is my way of dealing with stuff that I can't process. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. That's why comedians are always depressed. Yeah. But not always, but a lot of comedians are depressed and... No, it's true. Yeah, and a lot of musicians are depressed. But then a lot I of feel people. like a lot of people a lot are of depressed. People are depressed. But it, it's it's a good you know, thing we're talking what about we're it. talking about is that it is a lot more acceptable in not only the music industry but just the world at large. People, I think, are less stigmatized nowadays yeah. than they have been in the past, and there's still kind of a stigma. And uh, you know, just deal with it, dude. Just, just, dude, you're lucky. You know that yeah. kind of attitude. I think one of the coolest things, actually stemming literally from how this conversation just progressed is that, you know, it, you, that used to be the conversation is, mm -hmm. oh, comedians are known to be depressed or musicians are known to be depressed, artists, whatever it may be. But now it's kind of like we're seeing that veil kind of lift and mm -hmm. it's not necessarily based on those tropes. It's like a lot of people are struggling with these things. It's everyone. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's great about that is it allows us as people, as a people, to have that conversation on a on a even keel mm. and not sort of... Um, not put it on a pedestal, yeah. so to speak. And I, I think that is great because that's where healing begins. Um, and also I think, you know, when you're going through those sorts of situations, if you're struggling, if you're dealing with depression or any, any sort of condition in that way, um, it's less... Uh, what are you saying? <laughs> What's what are the, you I'm trying like, to I'm say? So, I'm, I lost <laughs> my word. It's, it's kind of, I, I think maybe you'd feel a little bit less like 
secluded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Knowing that it's so kind of widespread, you're yeah. not alone in it. It's and then you don't have to, you'd have to settle with it because if you are a musician and you are depressed, you don't have to be. Sure, yeah. exactly. That's the biggest thing is yeah. that there is a way through it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much thank for you. taking the time to talk to me. Nice yeah, talking with you. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to the Don't Fret Club podcast. You can find me across all socials as Don't Fret Club. Please stop by to say hi and let me know your thoughts on this episode. If you've got a favourite musician you'd also like to hear on an episode of Don't Fret Club, you can let me know that too. In the meantime, stay safe, look after each other, and I'll be back soon with another episode of Don't Fret Club.